All right. Fucking Pat Sajak, you guys. I can do this even when I'm drunk. Hello, and welcome to Let's Rewatch, the podcast where we get together as a group, watch a movie that we loved in our youth, and see if that movie is still any good. So I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Ash. I'm Brett. Madness. That is Bryce. And we're joined by Whatever. a special guest here. Marissa Skell. Marissa Skell. Actor, Skel. comedian. Skellington Marissa. It's true. So Marissa is going to help us out here to decide whether the movie we're watching this week is any good or whether we just have glazed fond memories from our childhood. And you haven't seen the movie before, right, Nick? Right. So to see okay. if you as a modern day viewer appreciate it. You've never seen this movie? Absolutely. Nick has so never seen Jumanji. What we do here in the show is we watched a movie that at least somebody in the group has seen and loved as a child, and at least one person in the group has never seen. Now, I have never seen this movie, and uh, to stop the suspense, the movie we're watching this week is Jumanji. Jumanji. Directed Jumanji. by Joe Johnson from Jumanji. 1995. All right, so I've never seen the movie. Who is bringing Jumanji to the group this week? I am. Okay. Why? Um, Why are you bringing Jumanji to us this week? I remember absolutely loving Jumanji. Um, I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. He's a comic genius. Uh, and as usual, he brings his A-game in this movie. But there's lots of iconic scenes from this movie that I think you know, you probably have seen in other movies. And uh, I just I just think it's sort of like Jurassic Park. It has a unique storyline that just had that wonderful 90s flavor. Now, you say there are scenes that we've seen in other movies. Do you mean that other movies have built upon themes from this movie or have stolen ideas? or Probably both, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to bring uh, the new Jurassic Park up, actually, as I was just thinking about this movie, and you just brought up the old Jurassic Park. So I agree that they have similar tones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where there's like these kids. It was kind of like a 90s thing where there's like two kids, a boy and a girl. I don't know why they always Dealing were a boy with and a, girl. a move or a divorce. Yeah. Well, you that know, was like just the, like Mrs. Doubtfire. The theme of the 90s was kids are better than adults. <laughs> the, the thing that I've always loved about Michael Crichton, who wrote the original Jurassic Park, is he always has a character in his books who plays a surrogate for the audience. Somebody mm -hmm. who doesn't quite know what's going on, who needs to have things explained to them. And the best person for that surrogate is, is a child. A 14-year-old child is like the perfect person to have exposition explained to them. Mm. And I haven't seen Jumanji, but is that the idea? Like somebody who needs stuff explained to them. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, that the kids that with the rules of the game. I feel yeah. like I, I could I, there there are things I could say about that that would be spoilers. And yeah. maybe <laughs> we'll talk about it after we watch the movie. Okay. Ah. Uh. Uh. Uh, say my uh, prediction I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction I think this movie holds up over time um, maybe some of the graphics might feel a little old but yeah. I don't remember there being anything too cray cray that yeah. comes off crappy in the representation but what I will say feels out of date and it was what got me thinking about Jurassic World recently is uh, you know that whole thing of like are the parents getting divorced at the beginning of this or they're just moving to a new city they definitely move into a new house. They move, I don't quite remember, though. But I just remember there being, like, the drama at the beginning is the there kids might be, yeah. 
dealing with a divorce or a move. Something like that. They and definitely move into a new house because they move into Alan Parrish's house. And yeah. that's where they find the game. The game. Which yeah. is interesting. And maybe, maybe this will be a reason why I like it. Because what I love is a movie that is told by the perspective, the point of view of a child. Which is why I think E.T. is such a masterpiece. Because the camera angles are from that four feet height. It's from the perspective of a child. Hmm. In E.T., you the first half of the movie, whenever you see Peter Coyote, you just see his his keys on his belt. You know, what a child would see. And I, I don't remember E.T. You don't remember? Well, okay. Maybe here, we need to do E.T. in this here's podcast. Here's my, my quick E.T. tangent is it frightened me as a child and I have not seen it since. Oh, we need to watch E.T. Absolutely frightened me. Adorable. <laughs> Okay. Let's well, when the white people in the suits come and take him away, it's Wait, horrifying. You got a with white so people? she's terrified. No, of white in the people. suits, the white suits. I don't mean white people. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The, ha- I mean, the guys, the guys in the scary. hazmat suits. Yeah. You're but, supposed to be scared by that because you're supposed to be a child watching it from a child's well, perspective. Well, when did that movie come out? I'm gonna say '82. Oh. And that's a rough guess. Well, I yeah. wasn't born yet, so it Yelch. really scared me. Nick is really old. Yeah. Everybody listening to this, <laughs> you right. should know. We're all children. <laughs> so I want, I want to set up two things here. First of all, if you're familiar with uh, another show on Laughstash TV called Let's Drink, we've just recorded an episode of Let's Drink. Nick so is fucked up. There's a little bit of alcohol flowing here, so I want to apologize in advance for that. But I do want to set a little bit of context for this movie. And since I have not seen this movie... Um, I thought it might be fun to take a look, um, and Wikipedia helped me out with this. Let's look at some of the other movies that were in the theater at the same time ju- that Jumanji was in the theater. Okay. So December of 1995, we might be going to the theater and choosing Jumanji from a list that might include Dead Man Walking, 12 Monkeys, oh. Four Rooms, Waiting to Exhale, uh, grumpier old men, Dracula, dead and loving it. Now, Ash, what do you are you a fan of Cutthroat Island? Do I remember that correctly, or is that what yeah. is that? That know. is a pirate movie um, that that was. Well, it sounds like something I'd like. It was a huge budget that it made like it made like twenty five dollars in the theaters. It was one of the biggest flops. Just twenty five dollars. That was a joke. Oh, okay. But it was one of the the biggest budget. Twenty five dollars in golden doubloons. Uh, just to jump through, Nixon, Sabrina, Heat, which is a movie that I love, directed by Michael Mann, uh, Sense and Sensibility, Father of the Bride 2, White Man's Burden, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. So that gives you a little contents of what this little I was actually context. surprised that there's a lot of good movies on the list. I don't know why this time period in my mind. I just yeah. imagine that they didn't have culture back then. I feel like the <laughs> 90s had some really good movies. And they did. I, there were I a lot of movies in yeah. the theaters. And actually, even if you were going and choosing from all of those movies that released in December 1995, you probably would have gone to a movie that was released in November 1995 called Toy Story, Um, which was huge, of course. You know what kind of makes me sad listening to that is how there were so many award-winning movies and great movies in that year, and now, like, going to the theaters yesterday, like, like my options were, like, Mission Impossible or Vacation. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's like, uh, part five of this series, um, 
part four of this series, remake of this series. Yeah. Like, that's what you see in theaters think, right now. But oh, guess what? Yeah. Why don't we make a Ghostbusters? Oh, guess what? Why don't oh, yeah. we make another remake? Ghostbusters? Yeah. And, but, and it also, it's such a self-defeating thing, though, because when I asked my mom, hey, which movie do you want to go see? There's the, the prison experiments right now. That's that's a great movie to go see. But her the response Stan- was the Stanford prison Stan- experiment. There's a movie about the Stanford prison? Yeah, it's a reenactment movie oh, where I they actually have performances. Because that. that's fascinating. But her immediate response was, oh, I'll just watch that when it comes out on my TV at home because if I'm going uh-huh. to the theaters, I want to see something on the big screen that you want to see mm-hmm. on a big screen. And I think that's the mentality shift. And what yeah. did you end up seeing? We saw Mission Impossible. Okay. Which is a great series. It's just a bummer that it's all sequels in the theater. But if it is sequels, I'm Mission Impossible is great stuff. Mm. I blame millennials. Millennials. <laughs> Yourself? But My mom's I've a baby boomer. She has no excuse. Group. It depends Are on we? who you ask. We're either a part of that group or we're not. Or we're like not Just, a part of any group. Yeah. Do you guys remember a time before the internet? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Then we're not millennials. That's oh, what yeah. I say. Well. But the internet <laughs> was X. totally happening while I was still like very young. Yeah. I remember getting my first internet connection in middle school. I remember hearing my dad's <laughs> dial-up connection and I thought it was aliens. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time before the internet and that time was dark. I'm going to uh, just, you know, specify though, Nick, I wouldn't have gone to the theaters to see any of those movies because I was seven. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like none of us actually went to the theater to see Jumanji no. either. I think I saw it when it came out on the TV. A Definitely couple years saw later. it on VHS. <laughs> I, yeah. I think at the time, and maybe in actual reality, I might have gone to the theater and looked at the marquee and saw Jumanji and then saw 12 Monkeys and then went to saw 12 Monkeys. Wait, you I... saw 12 Monkeys in a row? Like twice? <laughs> like you went and saw 12 wow. Monkeys twice? Ouch. So, yeah, 12 Monkeys, Four Rooms, those are the sorts of things I would have been seeing in in Dracula Dead and Loving It. I definitely saw Jumanji in the theater. And, really? And yeah. Sabrina. Sabrina, the original, the remake, both fantastic movies. So, quick thing before we do predictions. Jumanji, directed by Joe Johnston, which looking back on his IMDb page, I can't find a bad movie. Um, his first movie was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, shit. Followed See, I told by, you 90s movies. Yeah. I feel like that's a movie that needs to be on the podcast. Yeah, though, maybe. But I feel you like can't that, one that one could be seriously incredible. I feel like this is an I, undisputable one. Really? I really do. I mean, yeah. my only thing that I was going to say that feels outdated is that whole, oh, the kids are having a hard time because we're moving to a new area or the parents <laughs> are getting divorced. Which is kind of an old but didn't concept they do that now because exact... everybody's parents are divorced now. <laughs> they did that exact thing in like uh, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Yeah. Which that was the only part of the movie where we were it's... like, "Wow, that is such an outdated it thing was to try really and do." Horrible, like, yeah. the pa- kids don't care if their parents are getting divorced. Everybody well, does that now. <laughs> it's a it's something that stirs them from their status quo. Yeah. All right. So his first movie was Honey I Shrunk the Kids. His second movie was The Rocketeer. Oh. The third Shit. movie I've not seen, Page Master. Oh, Page Master is good. Yeah. No? That's another one for the list. Is it not maybe. good? Maybe, I maybe I'm remembering wrong. Then Jumanji, then October Sky. Oh. Then much later in his career was Captain America, the original, the first Captain America movie. Wow. So none of these are bad movies, although some of them are movies where I feel like they could have been better. Captain Did America have- 1 was the lesser Captain America movie. I agree. Mm. Captain America 1 was a great movie, but felt like it was all shot on a soundstage. Like every moment of that movie, oh, yeah. I felt like even when they're in the woods of Italy, I felt like it's a soundstage. So well, I maybe feel the like, woods of Italy is a soundstage. Yeah, maybe it's fake. So my current Italy, opinion, let us know, and maybe we'll see after this movie. I feel like Joe Johnson is a guy who makes really good movies, 
that are not as big in scope as they could be. So I'm going to say I'm, I think this will probably be an okay movie, but I don't know that I'll be thrilled with it. Oh. So that's my prediction. Brett, what do you, what do you think you're going to feel about Jumanji? Well, there, there was a time, and it was, it was a majority of the time, uh, when, when Robin Williams made movies that weren't great. Uh, but oh. hey, come on! Ouch. But that was later after this. But the, but it, but they were like interspersed. Wait, too. wait, wait! Name one bad Robin Williams movie. I, I don't want to. I can't. Oh, even there was the RV remember. one. There, the, the RV, RV. That one. was so new though. But there is like one hour photo. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love one hour photo. One hour photo was fa- that was his first step into the like Robin Williams as a bad guy. I love What Dreams May Come. I loved Insomnia. I loved One Hour Photo. I thought he was fantastic. But like there is, you know, there's always been. But the RV one. I have a hard time putting like many of you those movies that? above other movies is the thing. Like they were good, but they weren't like my all-time faves. And this one I recall being one of my all-time faves. All right. So so I'm in for a treat. I think it's safe to say that any movie Robin Williams made in the 90s was good. Right? <laughs> Maybe. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? The, the, the Doubtfire era. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Why, why did we never get a Mark and Mindy movie? I feel like I've been. I, I feel like he wrote that off, like Will Smith and Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It's kind of like one of those things that he looks back on and he's like, oh "Guys, my... don't bring that up." Yeah, please stop. Talking I've moved about past this. Oh my god, I want to see. If a you Fresh say Prince Nanu Nanu, so I will bad. punch you. <laughs> How badly do I want to see Uncle Phil throw a forty-year-old DJ Jazzy Jeff out well, of the front dead, door? Isn't Uncle he? Phil's dead. He's Uncle Phil's dead. dead. Well, I'm gonna, sorry to break it to you. Who's going to throw DJ Jazzy Jeff out the front door? No it, one. It, it, is it the Rest be... in Peace podcast today. Yeah. Everybody we love is Everyone's dead. dead. Oh my it's, God. See, the thing is, is Uncle the, Phil, the I'm new Fresh Prince you. would be like, what, what's his, What's the kid's name? Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith is Fresh Prince, and that would be awful. But who's DJ Jazzy Jeff? Bieber? Oh. Yeah. DJ Jazzy Justin? <laughs> I'm afraid of white people. <laughs> So anyway, You're afraid of your right. own flock. My so, guess is that it's going to be awesome. Anyway, okay. that's Brett Ash. I think it's going to be good as well. I I remember really liking this movie. This was a movie that I watched multiple times when I was a kid. So that usually meant that I really liked it. Right. There's specific scenes in this movie that really stuck with me, like the supermarket scene and the rhino scene. And um, but however, I watched the trailer just to jog my memory a little. And I'm not so sure that the graphics are going to hold up. You know, the interesting thing I notice about watching trailers of movies from the mid-90s is like, wow, there's a lot of film grain in that image. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. weird. Or like you watch trailers for older movies and you're like, fuck, was this the standard for trailers? This looks like shit. <laughs> so I, I feel like I remember a rhinoceros thing and... I seem to remember Robin Williams as Theodore Roosevelt, but that's probably Night no, at the Museum. No, that's, that's Night at the Museum. So I Good can't job. be trusted. Good job. Um, An example of a bad Robin Williams movie. Okay. <laughs> really? Those hold up to kids now. I'm well, not a fan. I mean, I've only seen the first one. One of those kids. just came out, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. All right, Bryce. What do you think? What are we gonna What are we gonna get out of this? <laughs> Just give us a yes or a no. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to pause the recording and we're going to watch Jumanji from 1995, directed by Joe Johnston. We encourage you to watch the movie and then join us after after we've watched it. And we'll see if we like it, if you like it, and whether this holds up to a modern day audience. I'm going to roll the dice. 
So we just watched Jumanji. Did you watch Jumanji? Yes. No. Maybe. Maybe. All did, right. Did you? I didn't. Nick did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Most of it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I feel responsible because I brought this to the group. I don't think that it held up as much. I thought that it was okay. There's still elements about this movie that I really like. Like I think the idea is a really solid idea. Uh, there's some really great scenes. It literally put Nick to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the movie would have been a lot better if it took itself a little bit more seriously and like cut out the monkeys <laughs> and cut out the cop car gags. Like, I feel really? like... Really? I thought David Allen Greer was the only good thing about this movie. He Agreed. was good. He was good. No, he was good, but I think it would have been interesting... If they took a more like serious, darker, like twist, it seems like you're you're speaking in support of Zathura. So, no, it is the same idea taken less Zithura. seriously. They go to space. Space is more serious than the jungle. Not you know when it's done I, by Disney. I don't think that monkeys were necessarily the problem. I feel like the problem was was uh, the 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 guys that made the monkeys. Uh, all, all of the CG in the movie was kind of bad. But, okay, so here, let me ask you this. Because even if the CG of the monkeys was really good and they looked like real monkeys, would three monkeys pulling up on a cop motorcycle be good? That the answer was dumb. is no. But the, the, like, <laughs> some horrifying monkeys throwing knives in the kitchen would have been way that, scarier. See, that's what I mean. If they took it more seriously and it was so, more scary. Maybe I was snoozing through this, but how can you possibly have three monkeys without one of them covering their eyes, oh, one of them covering their ears, one of them covering their mouth? <laughs> how can you not have It's It's obvious. You know, it's, you know, it's called a cliche. I feel like cliche. the humor of the movie should have been right up your alley if that's a comment you're yeah, making. Yeah, if that's, if that's what you're supporting. I feel like three monkeys pulling up on a cop motorcycle was right there for you. Okay, so Marissa, I mean, thoughts? I'll just say I, I can, you know, easily admit it's probably my nostalgia speaking, but I loved every second of it. You it's, you loved everything. I was, do, because I can appreciate its comedy. I would not have wanted to watch it as a drama or a suspense movie. Like, I love that it's a comedy that doesn't take itself seriously. And there's something that's fun in that B comedy, you know, National Lampoon kind of silly, doesn't need to take itself serious way. So you don't want to see the Brian De Palma version of Jumanji? Yeah, you know, going back... You know, I, I don't want to see the Dark Knight version <laughs> of Jumanji <laughs> where they have to go into, you know, training with some ninja warrior in the woods and Although, come out with. In the modern context, a dude chasing them around with a Thompson submachine gun is pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. Play, played for but gags. Hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of it that way. And I think if you do think of it that way, it it's fun. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying, though, to think, because this is 95, right? Yeah. yeah. Was there anything in 1995 that was like, oh, the CG in this is awesome? Toy Story? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, wasn't that a little later? Was it 97? It I want to little... say, yeah, yeah 97, was... something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and even then, there are moments, if you go back and watch Jurassic Park, I love it. I will fight but you. I, I will challenge you on that. Because I completely I disagree. that my favorite... Uh, moments in the movie were the puppets. 
in Jurassic Park. The and same with this. Super the best well, part. Yeah. And yeah. That's the and the same with this with yeah. the even though the, the plant is cheesy and they have some cheesy puppet well, moments, the nice there's thing some about fun Jurassic puppet Park moments. Park was that most of it was puppets. Exactly. Well, yeah. I would say the beauty of Jurassic Park is that they had the wisdom to know when to do something as an animatronic and when and to when do not. it as computer animated. Yeah. And they could blend that perfectly. Yeah. They, they had the the genius of of uh Phil Tippett and uh, not whatever this company was. <laughs> and I think... What did ILM do to you? <laughs> I think you bringing up Jurassic Park is great because if this movie had been, I guess, I don't mean like super dark or super taking itself seriously, but I feel like this movie had the potential to, of the greatness of Jurassic Park where if you were to just cut out all the cheesy bits with monkeys, you know, like all the cheesy parts... It would have still had that flavor of humor, mm -hmm. but still have taken itself a bit more seriously. And I think it was those moments, the cheese, that kind of made it, brought it down a little bit. Well, then I, I think we're seeing kind of exactly the effect that we're exploring in this podcast is that the humor and adventure in that movie does appeal to a seven-year-old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And doesn't really hold up And for maybe those jokes appeal to us when we were seven yeah you know absolutely. and now it's like oh yeah. yeah going back to jurassic park wasn't meant for kids really it was i mean even though it did appeal to children it wasn't a children's movie right whereas this yeah. was a family movie you're supposed to take your kids to mm -hmm. yeah but it did have that thing we were talking about earlier where michael Crichton puts like a, a child in the movie to be scared to learn how things work to be the surrogate for the audience mm-hmm which I think really worked in Jurassic Park. I will say, though, the cop car gag, the continuous which gags with gag? the cop car gag, I yeah. did appreciate. I thought those were funny. The, the the Just the idea that this guy is, like, having the shittiest day <laughs> and his cop car just get ruined. And I, I remember that scene with the vine grabbing his car mm. beforehand, and I always remembered thinking it was hilarious. You and mean I the, still the Audrey 2 by the way Audrey of Half-Life? Yes. <laughs> The Audrey too that just wants to eat car pieces. Just really has a taste for automotive. <laughs> so you know, I I didn't have the the biggest enjoyment of the humor in this movie, but what I did really enjoy is all of the actors are great. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's something special about this sincerity that Robin Williams has the ability to conjure. This this being on the verge of tears, the sincerity that he has. I, I'm so in love with Bonnie Hunt because you will never see somebody like Bonnie Hunt in a movie right now. No, you know, or, that, that or character even would Robin be, Williams as a leading man. Someone sure. as a leading man but, like that. But even more like Bonnie Hunt, you would see like a drop-dead gorgeous Anne Hathaway in that role. Yeah. You know, Bonnie Hunt is that real person that you can oh, like... No, I mean... <laughs> She she's she's a genuine real person. Beautiful. She's a, American a hamburger, treasure. a real treasure. Yeah, yeah. I I love and you know you could see the sparkle of the genius that will one day become Kirsten Dunst. But she she's a good actor and she's very good in this movie. You know, just like you're saying about the actors, uh, this is something that we were talking about. I think right before watching the movie that we didn't necessarily record, but we were talking about the whole sort of 90s plot of it turns out it wasn't the divorce but that the kids parents were dead and how Jurassic World was kind of dealing with that and this movie is a great example of having these great child actors who can really pull that off yeah. and handle the situation in a way that's not stereotypical 
not that you're expecting. And I feel and like they did it well I here. I hate to call the writing out too, but you didn't need the moment right. that they had in Jurassic World of the, you know, the two boys sitting on the tram or whatever, like, eh, I'm a dad, yeah. I'm a oh, yeah. But, uh, I think like, that's, they don't do that in this movie. I think that's the genius of Jurassic World that a lot of people are missing is that Jurassic World was making fun of that cliche. Uh, like they were bringing it forward and intentionally making fun of it. No, I don't think they want I people laughing when the kids sobbing with that. tears. Oh, yeah. I absolutely think they do. I think the the scene where you've got Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt and Bryce Howard have the the dramatic moment and then they kiss, and then later you have the same dramatic moment between the the tech heads and the control room, and he tries to kiss her. Well, yeah, just like, that was meant what, to be funny. What are you talk- yeah, so. Yeah, but I think that they're bringing in these cliches and then telling you how ridiculous they are. I mean, I would agree if after the kid cries and have like a real like moment where he's crying and really upset about parents splitting and then right behind them, you see somebody like get attacked by a velociraptor and get his head taken off. And you're like, oh, okay, shut up, kid. Like people have bigger problems than you. But they didn't do that. Is that what happened? (laughs) They didn't do that. No, they're on the train. This real serious moment with beautiful music playing behind it. And if I laughed out loud, I'm sure I would have gotten some mean looks. Unlike <laughs> from me, <laughs> I would have been there laughing with I mean, you. So. I know. Is it? Is, am I the only one who's just like in in all instances of this this trope that it adds absolutely nothing to the story at all? Period. Yeah. Like, who cares if their parents were dead? Well, the equivalent, I think, in this movie was when they <laughs> when who cares she gets about into human drama. She gets into the bed with him early on in the movie and says, "You know, you're going to have to talk," and he he tells her that she's going to have to stop lying. That was their understated way of like saying, hey, these kids are dealing with something hard. But it didn't require one of them to be like, <laughs> then they undo that at the end. Well, that was a, like, that was a gag, though. It, I think the it resolution was to how that funny whole plot your line, parents are alive. The resolution of the whole plot line was, was a gag where Robin Williams and what's her face shout no. Yeah. But I think what it, the overall theme it points to is because the game was left unfinished. It left everything off and wrong in the world. And so, like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's Peter's, wow. theory. Peter's family got all effed up and died and their factory went under. The whole city went to hell. That's true. Wow. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Became a spinster that, you know, did psychic readings. The kid's parents died. Somebody's plumbing some depths here. Yeah, wow. You know, wow. right? <laughs> the dark but, side of technology. once they finish the game, they go back in time. Flash wow. forward back in the future and everybody's happy. And then the two, well, the two well done, past Skell, children yeah. play wow. God with the rest of and history. All it's the like homeless people writer. need a different city to live in now because they can't live in fake Detroit, yeah. Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, also, Brett, you know, to answer your question from like a screenwriting perspective, I think that was like the pet the dog or pet the cat moment is like, that's the way for us as an audience to feel about these kids, to feel anything. Cause if they were just normal kids, I wouldn't really give a fuck about them. You know, if you think about it, like I hate children. So I would be like, I don't care about you. Going back to my hate for Jurassic world. I think that's what they did wrong is you didn't care for those children. Oh yeah. Not at all. They were terrible. Did not care. But there was a lot of Jurassic world. That was awful. Like I can't even say that was the worst part. Yeah. I just really, let's just just switch. (laughs) Voice my hatred. But you know, uh, it's weird looking at a movie like this through, not only a modern perspective, but a, a this month perspective, because clearly what we saw was Cecil the lion. 
and, no. and the dentist hunter chasing Cecil the lion. Can we talk about how weird it is that Alan Parrish's dad also played the hunter? Which, if you want to start mining oh there, yeah, I think there's some gold to be mined in Thar Hills. Where have we seen that before? Where the same actor who plays the father plays the monster. S- s- smacking the audience upside the head with the wiffle bat of symbolism. I know <laughs> I've seen that before. And, Wait, are and you being serious right now? Absolutely, yeah. And, and listeners, please send us on Twitter because I'm drawing a blank. I know I've seen that where the father is the same actor who plays the monster in the movie. Well, and it'd be interesting to know if that happened before or after this movie. Yes. Well, Wizard of Oz is the OG. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't so but, much the dad. That was just everybody in her life transformed yeah, in her world. The, the creepy neighbor Wait, becomes really? the monster, the wicked yeah. witch. Yeah, you go yeah. back and you oh, know re- rewatch the beginning in black and white, the lion and everybody is somebody in her life. There's the farmhand who wakes up and she's farm. like, and you were there? And oh, you that's were right. There? Oh, yeah. And that's the creepy right. neighbor who hated the dog turns out to be the wicked witch. There's like such a time traveling element to this movie, but yet also such a like sight. Psycho, yeah. I mean, if child abduction feeling at the end, (laughs) if if Peter like grew as a character and found his inner strength, is all that erased because none of this happened? No, I think it's pretty clear at the end that they have the recollection and memories of everything that happened. The kids, the the, no, 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 no. that's what I'm talking about. Like the kid Uh, who almost turned into a monkey, like he found his strength and was able to. Yeah. But then that's all erased. No, they have no adversity now that their parents are alive and they don't have to do Jumanji, they're just gonna be spoiled. Brat. Just milk toast, nothing. Yeah, characters. just white kids. Maybe that's why I never amounted to anything. <laughs> <laughs> How come the girl's always taller than the boy? By the way, just because she's older. Puberty. Oh, well, okay, okay, she's older, <laughs> but the other girl in the beginning, who's supposed to be the same age as him, is taller than him. So you're saying and that blonde. males have a physical advantage over women because and should exemplify wouldn't that. Wouldn't that say the opposite? Because the girl is taller. <laughs> so what? What about? I mean. Nick, did it hold up for you? I mean, well, hold up well, isn't the word because yeah, I've never seen never it. Never seen it, but it it falls flat for me. I don't have the childhood nostalgia. I don't have the love for it, and it just it never really engaged with me. It never felt like it really had a firm structure. You know, it wasn't like here's your conflict, you overcome it, and you know. But it was like here's your conflict and you roll again and here's your conflict and you roll again. You know, it's just this weird like you that, mean that there movie, were multiple obstacles that led up to a co- climax where they had right. to conquer. It did not lead. It did not lead up to a climax because that movie literally could have gone on forever because I never knew how close to the end they were until they revealed that this role that I just now rolled just a second ago was the last role. That's not true. They said several times throughout the movie, you're only 12 away from, you that, know, several times. That, was, that, that, that was, was her face, though, not... But, I but never then knew. the kid, too. They said it for the kid, too, and then the other girl tried to roll the win when they, the quicksand was but happening. But I never knew how close Robin Williams was, and he won by rolling a three. That's true. <laughs> You know, like the movie, yeah, like they were all excited about, like, you're 12 away. And he's like, I'm three away. Right. Yeah. Like, that movie really <laughs> could have gone on for five more roles. And that always bugs me a little bit when I don't see the end. Like, mm. I, I can't see the barn, so I can't get invested, you know? Plus, it was kind of, it was, I mean, clearly the climactic moment was when the hunter came in and he was going to shoot him and he rolls a three. But, like, it was when the dice of, are rolling in slow motion, I knew that we had seven minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Correct. But it was uh, it was also kind of anticlimactic because it's like, finally, you are facing the enemy. 
oh, the enemy's getting yeah, sucked there, into the board. Is there a term for like the reverse of Deus Ex Machina when the bad guy shows up out of nowhere at the end? Yeah, when it's so obvious that this is. <laughs> yeah, like because he could have just not shown up. Like not in this movie. I guess, okay, if we're gonna rewrite the ending, how would you have had it end? Yeah, I'm on the side. I think it could have. They been all get sucked I, into a jun- into the jungle, and then I, better sequel. <laughs> There you go. I think it could have ended exactly the same. I just would have liked that climatic moment to, you know, um, feel like Robin Williams was, I guess, doing something more. Though I guess the point was him standing up to what he feared. And so he just stood there to take it like a man or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, he could have had a little bit more excitement where he like scrambled to get the dice or whatever. Or like or a little bit more of a chase. Here, Here's the ending that works. There's a There's a mechanic in the game. A, a card that you have to draw or something that you have to do that they can't do because they're too afraid or they've got some physical lim- limitation that at the end, the little kid Peter finally manages to overcome. And it's not just a roll of the dice. It's a no. draw of this card oh. that finally ends the game. No, 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 even better. Okay, okay. You know how the kid wasn't talking he should have not talked through the entire movie and he should have been the one to roll the dice and win and he had to scream Jumanji. Because right. he wants to go to flight school and he finds out that he's colorblind? <laughs> well, no, because you're, abs- you're absolutely right. You hit it because to finish the game, you had to you say had to scream Jumanji, Jumanji out, or, out loud, right? Yeah. It had to be that a character overcame something. Well, or Not that he just dropped the same ending What dice. if he actually got shot in the face? I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, they fight, like they fight club it and he's just uh, and, and then, then it's the once his bla- brain splatter that's what brings them back to 1969 and it was game. all a dream and he's actually in a therapist chair I think that's oh, a little extreme for this particular <laughs> I think all I was getting dramatic. at there was that we needed to have some way that the hunter guy like some 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 shot of like him actually tracking them because he obviously sucked at, at tracking them and yeah. obviously sucked shooting. I so. love that he like walks in the house. He's supposed to be like a tracker, hunter, like expert. He walks in the house. He's like, where did they go? Oh, look at this huge yeah. hole in the wall. I guess they went that Just way. Just wearing the British safari outfit does not mean you're a rad hunter. <laughs> and and also, I, I do not, I swear I don't know a lot about guns, but isn't the point of that Thompson submachine gun that you can just spray bullets? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he was just like, one shot, boom. Oh, I missed that. That was unfortunate. What am I going to do next? No, you just spray bullets until you plaster Robin Williams up against that bookcase, right? But, but that's not his thing. He's old school. I guess. Then He's wh- about why the did bow he and arrow. Gun? Oh, we're talking about the dentist now again. Oh, no. Okay, so he should have he should have pegged Robin Williams with a bow, bow and arrow, with a chased him permit. for forty minutes. <laughs> oh, other while ending, Robin Williams was the injured. lion comes back and kills him. <laughs> yes, absolutely, that would have been great. Like something that the little kid did to speak would feed the lion. So in. you're saying the end of Jurassic World was good? Yeah, because that's kind of the same. Oh, yeah. I'm the I'm the one saying that Jurassic World was a good movie. In case you didn't notice, okay. of the four of us, okay. I think Jurassic World worked. Okay. I'm not saying it, ev- it it did it did not even come close to Jurassic Park. This is where you need the sound effect of crickets. But it was yeah. <laughs> I think it worked. I think, I think there were things about Jurassic Park that worked. I, I think Jurassic World was was cynical and it it indicted the clichés of movies of that genre. It was also making fun of the other Jurassic whatever movies Jurassic while, Park. Movies, while at so. the same time doing most of the things right that the other Jurassic Park movies did. Awesome dinosaurs, awesome uh, vehicle-based 
uh, set pieces. Are you, know. you glad you just watched Jurassic World? I mean, Jumanji. Yeah, yeah thanks I, for watching Jurassic World with us, everyone. <laughs> I think Jurassic uh, World worked. I'm sorry. Brett, so, did we? Did you ever say what your? Or did we were just in did. conversation? Did you say what yeah. you thought? Uh, I, I, maybe I didn't fully recap. Uh, it was it was all right. I mean, like I don't I didn't like the graphics. Uh, but nineties that was the thing of the nineties was everything looked bad when it was from the computer. Uh, <laughs> Even the hair. For. Um, the uh, the puppets were worse than expected because I because I work with puppet people and. Like that was weird that they were not that great. Where were their puppets other than the plant? Was the lion the plant? The lion? Yeah, the uh, lion. Like uh. I feel like th- there is a couple other things where like they had a shot or two that was like a puppet when it was when it wasn't moving. But uh, it was a good movie and I still like it. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't amazing. Like I was. Thinking I would it was say be. I I appreciated that we were still laughing. Yeah, because I rewatched a a movie that like I have such nostalgia for lately. uh, Batteries not included. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. If that's not on the list, it needs to be because I love or I remember loving batteries not included. You won't. And I felt it was such a letdown because I made my boyfriend watch it, and I was like, "Oh, babe, it's one of Spielberg's first things," and he was like, "You know, producer on, and it's it's totally in his style." And And I loved it. And then the whole movie, he was like, "Can we turn this off? Can we please turn this off?" And it was right after. Right before Cocoon, so it was this air of like, aren't old people great as action movie stars? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this movie, unlike that, had a lot of moments where you genuinely still laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was refreshing to at least know. Oh, okay, it's still some of the comedy holds up. A lot of it, yeah, it's out- outdated. But it is interesting that I I enjoyed the job done by everybody involved. Robin Williams, David Allen Greer. Kirsten Dunst, everybody's doing a great job, but the movie just didn't engage for me. I don't know. I felt like every time you saw them roll the dice and another thing came out, it was like, oh, that's so cool. And to me, I just remember always being like, I remember being like, what's going to happen next? Like, what is the next thing that's going to come out of the board, you know? And I feel like it could have been even cooler, you know. But I don't know. You you said jokingly, Brett, that they got transplanted to the jungle, but like that could have been interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's the the whole plot of the movie is that so much shit could have happened. So much, yeah. Uh, it could have got. It could have escalated so much more than it really it, it, did. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's not so exciting when the limitations are completely non-existent and anything could have happened. It's hard to get invested. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, the the most deadly thing beside, well, I mean, there were some pretty gnarly things. But, like, I don't know. Maybe we needed to see them, like, have more close calls or something. I don't know. It was I guess pretty, the crocodiles It was pretty, pretty end of day, end of days moment when, you know, Kirsten Dunst is hit by the poison. Yeah. yeah I kind of like the vibe they had going where they were just unleashing hell upon this town and yeah. like but they were kind of avoiding it. <laughs> and and David Allen Greer's just like slapsticky like slipping on banana peels the whole time. I feel like it would have been cool to see more of that though. More of like the You wanted town. to see the people in the hospital? Then yeah, the, more of the town then like the movie going you're crazy. looking for is 2012. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie we want to see like people in the hospital just people. gotten gored by rhinoceros horns. <laughs> And just like the infections that grew yeah, from that. And- I think it walks a fine line where you don't enjoy it when you see the repercussions too much because then you start to feel bad. 
Mm-hmm. And they didn't really show you too much. Like you saw the real estate lady with the, you know, yeah, uh, you know, re- allergic reaction getting wheeled away. But it wasn't anything where you really felt too bad. I, I never really had a full like sense of danger, I guess. You know, like I never really felt because even with the stampede, you know, the girl, the the aunt is in her car and like watching it go by and like they don't even. Well, well and I, like, I don't think they kill anyone. I feel like from the production they side should. of it, that's that's <laughs> that's walking the line of you know, uh, like it, it has to uh, like veer on the side of safety for the children audience. Like you can't have it be too right. hardcore. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, everybody, what do you think of the movie, Bryce? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. So. Marissa, it occurred to me as we were watching the movie that I was a little Jurassic drunk. Jurassic World? <laughs> I was a little drunk when we started, and I've had a couple hours to kind of like like come down off of that. We never did really give you a proper introduction. Where can we see you? Well, right here. She's right in front of you. This is a podcast. Where, where are you? There's no viewing. Yeah, There's no viewing. Wait, what kind of drugs have you been doing? No, <laughs> we, have, we have listeners. This is viewers. your opportunity to plug your various appearances. Uh, um, at Marissa Skell on Twitter. That's M-A-R-I-S-S-A-S-K-E-L-L. I am in many of the awesome Laugh Stash uh, sketches, uh, including uh, Breakup Ninja. Oh, yeah. Um, she plays the ninja girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Hold-ups up there and uh, a soon-to-be-released item that shall not be explained. Yes. Well, it'll hopefully be released by then. Oh, okay. Maybe. Well, at least people in suspense. Yeah. Marissa will be appearing in one, at least one more. Yeah. She's also a fantastic comedy actress. So if mm. you need a comedy actress or just a normal, yeah. excellent <laughs> if actress. You if you just, you just need, need an, an actress. actress who works for food. Yeah. She really does, guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> food and booze. Food and hot sauce. And <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Hot sauce. And booze. All right. So... Uh, be sure to check out our other shows on Laugh Stash TV. Yeah. We, um, as as you can see, we experienced a little bit of the aftermath of Let's Drink. <laughs> yes, the aftermath. <laughs> and we're about to uh, record another one with Marissa, so we need to get even more hammered. Okay, so the you have pre, the pre-math. At <laughs> least two more videos with Marissa that yeah. you'll see. <laughs> there you go. You're going to be sick of me. Yeah. <laughs> but we also have, uh, we have a nerd cooking show, which is called The Hunger Dames. Which is uh, me and my friend Lolita. And then we also do um, video game parody videos. And you can subscribe to all of that. At Laughstash TV on Twitter or Laughstash TV on uh, YouTube. That one. Go there. <laughs> subscribe. Click That's that probably button. the better one. Yeah. Do that one. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again for joining us for Let's, Let's Watch. If you have ideas for movies that we should cover, that we should dredge up from our collective childhoods or if you just want a whole episode just dedicated to jurassic world yeah <laughs> well for jurassic world you have to wait another 15 years yeah until it's until obsolete. it's a precious precious memory uh but in the meantime uh send us a message on twitter at let's rewatch no apostrophe no spaces no underscores mm-hmm. at let's rewatch and you can also email us at let's rewatch at gmail.com mm. oh shit Though, you know, Twitter's good, too. Follow us, too, because we like followers. All right. Thanks for joining us for Let's Rewatch and Jumanji. Yeah. Next week on Let's Rewatch, we're going to be watching Manos, The Hands of Fate. Manos!